Hey, this is Irene. I've been waiting for you. Thank you for joining me, mixing it up with me right here on The Mix. You're listening to CBiz Media. Hey, everyone. We are going to be focusing on autism this week. And right now I have a throwback interview that I did back in the early days of my podcasting when I was on another platform So I think this is a great interview, so I want to share it with you guys. And we'll have more coming up on autism coming soon as we continue this week out. All right, thanks, guys. God bless. We have a great guest with us here today. Her name is Claudrine Jackson. She's an author, speaker, educator. And um, she has a connection to a, a Motown group as well. And she's going to tell us a little bit about her book, as well as she's also a TV personality and she's going to just tell us so much more about what she's doing. And among all the things she's doing, she's going to share with us um, one of the challenges that has um, directed her path. So we're going to be talking to Claudrine Jackson on the mix. Thank you so much for inviting me. And, uh, April is National Autism Month, and since my son is handicapped by autism, this is uh, a good time for us to have this. My husband was a member of the Spinner Singing Group. The Spinners got their start with Motown in the 60s, and uh, they didn't get their first hit record until 1972 with Atlantic. So they started with Motown. They had most of their training and singing years at Motown, but they didn't get the big hits until after they left Motown and went to Atlantic. Motown had so many artists. You know, they had the Temptations, the Miracles, the Supremes, the Poor. They had so many artists that the Spinners kind of got lost in the shuffle. And then when they went to Atlantic Records, they started uh, having more hit records. So they became a very successful group in the 70s and 80s. Get ready for a mix of music, talk, community, and so much more right here on the mix. We're so glad to have you on the show. Uh, can you briefly introduce yourself and just give people an idea of who you are and what you're doing? I'm, I'm Claudine Jackson, the wife of Purvis Jackson, and I was telling you about uh, their success. They had their first hit record in 1972, and then life became shopping sprees and traveling and press parties and everything was just wonderful and I was enjoying life and then in uh, 1974 I got pregnant again which was fine I would love to have another child and he was born in 1975 well in 1976 I found out that our son had autism his name is his name is also Purvis Jackson he is Purvis Jackson Jr. and a child with autism, he knew nothing nothing about his father's success. He knew nothing about hit records or uh, traveling. And he was very uh, challenging and very hard to deal with uh, behavior-wise. So I went from one extreme to the other, just enjoying life every day to now having a challenge in life every day. And, and in 1975... Autism was extremely rare. Most people today know someone with autism or someone who has someone with autism. 
1975, it was so rare that no one knew about it, including me. Okay, is there different levels or forms of autism? There are, yes, yes, there are. My son is on the lower end of the spectrum. Autism is a spectrum. The people on the higher end of the spectrum can communicate and learn very well, and some of them are very intelligent. My son was on the lower end of the spectrum because he has a mental impairment also. So he never learned how, although we tried to teach him how to read and write and talk. I spent a lot of money with Detroit Hearing and Speech trying to get him to learn how to talk. But my son has a speech impediment, like someone who's had a stroke. And Detroit Hearing and Speech finally discontinued him because they said he'd have to want to talk bad enough to overcome the impediment. Well, people with autism are not very sociable, so he didn't want to talk bad enough to overcome the impediment. So that's when I got, I got depressed when I first found out about the autism. Then I got depressed again when I found out he was uh, discontinued from Detroit Hearing and Speech. And I was depressed when I found out that he was not one of the ones who was able to recover from autism. So I would say that I spent a lot of years being frustrated and depressed before I finally came out of it and learned that I was his mother and I had to get myself together so that I could mother him. But I wrote my book, which is called Inspired by Autism, to let other parents know when they're going through it that it's something you're going through. The uh, initial adjustment is very hard on you. My son is 42 now. He still can't read or talk, but he's still loved. So your book is inspired by autism and I'm looking at the cover right now and um, you have some, is this artwork from Purvis Jackson Jr., your son? Yes, it is. He, he had a coloring book and he every page in it never paid attention to the lines. So someone said to me one day, well, some people don't see the lines, they color outside the lines. So then I started giving him plain paper instead of coloring books. But just as I thought he was going to become this great artist, he got tired of the art and he started tearing it up, which is another characteristic for people with autism. They don't under—they don't have our perception of what's good and what's wonderful. So he started tearing the art up. It didn't mean anything to him. So the art that I had framed and put on the walls, I had to take down to save it. So I still have some pieces. But uh, I'm constantly trying to show what he can do. I do a blog also. My blog is called a spoonfulofcomfort.org, and it's on the Internet. So if you go to a spoonfulofcomfort.org and uh, the blog, that's his artwork, too. Okay, so in a way, you're, you're somewhat of a pioneer as a parent that's going through helping their child with autism and like you were saying, in a time where people were not really familiar with it, they didn't really know how to deal with it. So everything that you went through, I can see is frustrating. And and being the mother that you are, it sees, it shows that you really cared for your son because you were going through such depression. And I know some parents might not be able to deal with it and they might just kind of um, neglect their child. But because you were 
going through so much depression and and pain from this that shows how much that you really loved your child and you really wanted to help them and i i didn't always feel the love i felt frustrated and and he was my fourth child so i thought this is going to be the easy one i've got three other children learned you know made all the mother mistakes and i got built-in babysitters so this was going to be the easy one and back when PJ was born in 75, they were saying that the autism was caused by the mothers. So I had that on my conscience. I, how did I uh, cause this autism in my son? But then I realized that my first child, if I was going to make bad mistakes, she probably would have been autistic. So uh, the guilt of I caused kind of went away. And I realized that, no, I didn't cause this. It didn't show up at first. It showed up later on between the ages of two and three. So they blamed uh, they blamed the parents. And one of the, the reasons that I wrote the book is for parents who are going through it, who feel that it's something that they did, do not feel that way. Well, I think, I think that's great. And you also just have life lessons and tips and things that you learned along the way, right? Yes. And uh, one of the things that I learned along the way is how wealthy parents of children with autism can do things that poor parents of children with autism can't do, such as sending them to camp and trying medical treatments. So that's why we started the Purvis Jackson Jr. Autism Foundation. And we help younger, uh, we have lower income parents autism. And if, if you are, if not just autism, uh, other disabilities, if you are a parent of a child with a disability and you need help, you can contact the Purvis Jackson Jr. Autism Foundation over the internet. It's pjjraf.org. pjjraf.org. Now, if you're a parent who does not have a computer, I realize everybody doesn't have a computer, but in Detroit, uh, children are in special education, and I have had special education social workers and psychologists fill out the form uh, for the parents and send it in. So uh, we wanted to help other people that are going through what we went through, because we know that it's not easy. I, I was so upset for so long about my son's condition. And for a long time, uh, I can't always say I was the best mother because I wasn't. There were times when he was neglected, not intentionally, but because I just couldn't think clearly and couldn't pull myself together and didn't know, uh, didn't know uh, what to do. For experience a person like that, he, he cried and screamed all day, all night, and uh, did not follow instructions, so I didn't do about him. And I, and I admit that I did try to put him in an institution, but in 1975, the year he was born was the year they closed the institution. Well, I have to say that um, I, I'm inspired by your story um, because you're honest and you're just saying you know you know i went through a lot and i was challenged and i didn't know what to do 
And I know some people might not, you know, be as honest as because you're you're kind of brutally honest about what you were feeling and what you were going through. But I think that's important because I think there's probably a lot of parents out there that probably can relate to exactly what you're saying. So. Yes, and what I had to, uh, had to learn to do is uh, accept him for the person that he was instead of the person that I wanted him to be. One day I was talking to God about it. And, Lord, what am I supposed to do about this child? And the answer came just as clear, accept the child that I gave you because he wasn't the child that I expected. Well, I thank you for coming on and sharing about your book and could you share again some of your contact information so if maybe some parents or others were interested in your material or having you speak at their events or anything like that how will people be able to reach you thank you so much you can reach me by email at jackson claudrine c-l-a-u-d-r-e-e-n jackson claudrine at S-B-C, B as in boy, S-B-C, global.net. Jackson Claudrine at S-B-C, global.net. You can also go to my website, claudrinejackson.com, and the Purvis Jackson Foundation is pjjraf.org. That's pjjraf.org. That means Purvis Jackson Jr. Autism Foundation. And I, I call the book Inspired by Autism, but that was my particular challenge. Other people have had other challenges in life. So I've had people tell me that the book should have been called Inspired by a Challenge because it has helped other people get over whatever particular challenge they were facing. I don't think any of us gets through life without a challenge. And some of the challenges we feel like we're not up to. And that's why I wrote the book. But uh, it, it has helped people not only with the challenge of autism, but with other challenges that they were facing in life. Okay, we want to thank you so much. And if you guys want to know more about where you can see or hear Claudrine Jackson, she's on the radio and I believe she's also on TV. You can again email her for the details of where... She can be seen and heard. And we're just so glad to have you as our guest today. Is there anything that you'd like to close out with? So this child that I thought was going to be my un has actually pushed me to accomplish more than I probably would have accomplished had he not been here. So for people to remember that whatever your challenge is, it may be bringing out something uh, in you. Uh, Romans 18, one of our my scriptures says, the sufferings of today are not worthy to be, to be compared to the glory which will be revealed in us. 